awesome. Welcome all, welcome all. I'm your host, Soli. With me is another lovely guest, a moderator at the PAX Theater in Santa Monica, California. And since September 27th, 2021, she has been the co-host of the You Need to See This podcast with Cozy Orlin. Welcome, comedian Hi. and crew member, Bree Jones. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. Anytime. Love always to seeing just various people working in the world of entertainment and just such diversity and they got stories to share. <laughs> yeah. Where are you based out of? Out of I'm curiosity. actually in Dallas, Texas. It's all good. <laughs> You're in Dallas. Okay, cool. Yeah. I uh I have not Can been be. to Dallas. No. Then to El Paso, that's and San Antonio, that's probably oh yeah. and Austin. Those Avoid the, the highways, all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah. so You've been podcasting and chugging down uh, at this for quite a while, uh, but uh, where where did the interest begin? When did you decide, hey, I'll do all kinds of crew member positions. I'll do, uh, I love movies. I love TV. I love studying the all forms of entertainment. What what caused that? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess just kind of like everyone who loves, you know, grow, grew up watching movies with like my dad and like, I, I guess I didn't really have like an interest then or like really like considered filmmaking like a career I can't at do that, that point yeah. yeah yeah I was like oh people like I, I just like thought movies happened and I was like oh there's like you know later on I learned oh there's like people make careers out of this and have jobs and uh I think uh later in high school I had like a you know a group of friends that we would just make like dumb I would I would always record uh I forgot what the name of the device is but it was like this this camera that came out where it was like a big red button it felt like kind of uh, <laughs> geared toward I was like it reminded me of like that jitterbug phone that they like sell now oh to like older God. people and I was like this is like the simplest camera and it was like <laughs> uh, it almost looked like a Game Boy Advance kind of interface um and I used to just record like my friends like and I just doing dumb stuff like at school <laughs> um and then we started making like sort of just horrible skits like online and then I called them skits now I know that they're called sketches but um at the time you know we would we we were watching like whitest kids you know and like there you go and some Saturday Night Live and stuff and so like I made them for fun and then I went to college like trying to go for uh, a degree in psychology and then I like started taking film classes just on the side and then I ended up switching majors and that's sort of just like how it began i guess um, that's awesome uh, yeah I, i'm with you on that i i used to just always think hey oh, there's no way anyone can do this it's always these untouchable larger than life people and then you start doing alternate endings for movies and music videos and then just doing your own stuff and you upload and get some for feedback and you just you grow out of that mentality you just basically say hey i i can make my way at this it doesn't have to be seen by everybody but it it can happen. Yeah. Yeah. You just like want to make, it's just that drive to be creative, you know, and like make art and, and have people see it regardless of, you know, and, and I guess that continuing like drive to improve and just get better at it. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then just kind of, yeah, I just came out to LA and just started volunteer volunteering as like a PA on like, um, on like movie sets uh and yeah, i actually yeah, no met someone there reality and game shows here I, I applaud that oh yeah yeah i've basically been in reality for uh since like the pandemic pretty much just because it's <laughs> like i can work remotely and it's 
yeah, the reality stuff is very different, but it's it's creative. It's definitely like its own version of like writing in a weird way. And everyone has a funny story to tell about it, even if they're not crazy about the show itself. I, I was a contestant on Cheaters, and that's probably my best <gasps> professional payday. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Which is sad because you would think, hey, being an extra or a crew member on a professional movie or show is like, yeah, but you got to also just really like the content. And if you're not liking the story or how the set is run, or if there's some people being nags at each other, then it it's no fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and yeah, I feel like I battle that sometimes too, even working in reality, because there's definitely, you know, a layer of like, um, like creative <laughs> manipulation, I would call it. Um, that and I'm not. And with the contestants who aren't actors, so they have no idea of what a set is like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have to be on yeah. time. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't show up on time. I'm here to just uh, <laughs> to just do what I want. I thought you were on my schedule. Did anyone speak to my agent? It's like you don't have. You an don't agent. have an agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, reality is really fun in its uh, its own way, but there's definitely like some stuff I've worked on and I work in post, so I'm like editing and story producing, but- um, How did you make so, the move from New Mexico to uh, LA? Oh, um, so I actually moved out here uh, with, with my ex. Um, he, we went to Arizona first, we moved to Arizona and I had always wanted to come to LA because like I went to school for film and I was like, you know, that's- that's where I want to go. Albuquerque was starting to kind of pick up a film industry when I was leaving. So I could have stayed there and probably like found it work, but LA was like Hollywood, you know? And, um, and basically like he finished up school in Arizona and then we moved out to California. He got like an internship out here. And then I like got a, a, a internship in air quotes, uh, which was just me working for free on a movie set. Um, oh, there you go. Hey. Yeah. And then I it's met someone on that set who actually introduced me to the Pack Theater, which was like how all that came about. Sweet. Uh, how long has yeah. the Pack Theater been around? Uh, I saw that there's a lot of people with connections there. Yeah, um, I think the Pack. I mean, definitely longer than I've been a part of it. I think I first went there in 2018, but mm. uh, a form of the Pack, like it was like the Miles uh, Stroth workshop before it was the Pack, but it was like the same group of people and it's sort of just like been like the punk rock like comedy theater i guess of la is is what they called the it because it was rock, like a bright sense yeah, good yeah yeah because it was it was like ucb like up in its like early days but like you know it was pay what you can it was bring your own beer um it's and it's a little bit different now but um yeah i mean the comedy scene is really fun there and i felt like it was a good place for me to start you know kind of experimenting with like live stuff like I'd never really done mm. like a live show and a uh, live sketch and um yeah just like a really welcoming community especially to like newcomers and yeah I, I mean I'm still on a sketch team there so sweet yeah it's fun uh what uh, sounds like it um uh, what warm-up techniques do you recommend for anyone just getting into this you know because not everyone can do improv but some people can, but don't real don't find themselves funny when they don't realize trying to be funny and being funny are two different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess warm up. I don't know. I mean, I think just I I always think like riffing. Like you know, if you have a group of friends and you're just kind of like I like that's how I figured out. I was like, oh yeah, there's sort of like a root of comedy in just conversation, and it's like 
I don't know, like you can kind of pick up if you can just sort of be more observant of like when you're talking to your friends and like you notice when you're kind of going on, you're riffing about something and then you're kind of like going off on like, oh, this would be funny if this happened. Like, and you kind of tell a story based on like whatever, you know, you kind of go back and forth with your friends. And I think that's like a fun way to just kind of, if you just treat it like a conversation and like, you're just having fun with your friends, that's the way I, and I'm still like improv for sure is something I'm still even getting used to because I'm like a writer. Yeah. 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 Improv is great. I love it. And I, I I think it's such an important skill for like anybody, like even if you're not doing comedy or whatever, like I think it just, just go out, do it instead of freeze up or, well, what do you think? Stop asking permission. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's why they have like business meetings and, or, you know, like they have like corporations (laughs) do improv workshops. Like, yeah. How long have you been doing improv? I'm going to Q&A you now. <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. I did it back in 2015 and I was like, see, in college is so much better doing this in stage combat because you do it in yeah. junior high or high school. It sucks. Everyone's just imitating. This is in the 2000s and 2010s. Everyone was just imitating Chappelle's show and Mad TV. And it's like, dude, come up with your own shit. Yeah. Or yeah, it's not true. funny when you're actually trying. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's just like haters, you know, <laughs> like they exist everywhere, I guess. Uh, and punks, it, man. Is, but yeah, you learn so much about just incorporating it into your own philosophy. Finding your voice and like. Reminding yeah. yourself how anyone who became an actor, whether they were up to par or not, they had some something that made them uh you know not afraid of the stage anymore or had a certain look or able to play a certain way you know so it, it kind of just changes your whole perspective on hey if you're gonna have your friends act get them comfortable angle yeah. them a certain way edit them a certain way cut out other lines of dialogue or bloopers they keep doing and make them look good <laughs> yeah yeah I mean yeah I learned a lot about casting and stuff too like in college when I I did like my senior thesis film or whatever and like yeah and oh you know God. like you kind of and it's funny because it's dramatic and I'm were like your professors way more... really supportive or were they the snobby kind I was uh <laughs> they I think it depended uh on the day honestly but like oh it's even um, more unpredictable yeah I think my script they were really it was like ambitious it was like a period piece and I think like they were trying to warn me like this is like a big undertaking for especially because like it it was basically something that maybe was a better script than it was like an actual without a big budget like to produce but um you will get that yeah but we had snobs like oh if it doesn't look like a Christopher Nolan or Michael Bay movie it's not gonna be good and I hate that and then we had those who say, and make sure it's not like Tarantino or Star Wars because you can't relate to that shit in real life. Yeah. It's a but movie. It's, like, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, I, I remember that advice where it's like, write, you know, write what you know. And I was like, no. And then I was like, I wrote a period piece that had like nothing to do with anything I'd ever learned. Uh, and I, I set the whole thing in an elevator. It was like all basically the whole story most of the story took place in an elevator and uh and like yeah i don't know i think right what you want to write <laughs> well, it, yeah it was uh it was the aerosmith uh <laughs> sorry. i'm kidding but <laughs> no um yeah i just did the music video for that um we got no. a lot of cryptic gatekeeping half the time it seems and it's like well 
if you just leave people alone, you know, they're going to have to learn the hard way anyway. And I don't know, have us worry about sound a bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think the, yeah, the gatekeeping thing is for sure real. It's like, uh, it's, not it's almost anybody. like <laughs> bitter. And I don't want to say this about any of my professors or anything, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, you know, working in film schools who are like, maybe a little bit bitter because like they didn't succeed or whatever. And then they like, project that onto people and i get that and, too you would have people who is like well why are you a professor you worked at the local pbs but you're not a filmmaker yeah and it's and it is it's like it's like you're there to learn and like you, people shouldn't be shutting down people's ideas like maybe yeah constructive guidance and being like hey maybe i see what you're going for but maybe like you know make it this a little bit more realistic yeah or the sound i can't i still can't hear the sound maybe just that instead of I don't like the story, therefore I'm giving you an F. Right. And also like, that's another thing. It's like, it's the same thing with comedy, anything creative. It's like, you can't, you can't judge somebody like you might not like the story, but it's so subjective. It's like, how can you ever just, how can you grade somebody on like us on that? I mean, I guess if story structure wise, if you're like, this isn't working, but people take risks to make something new and make like, you know, like, I don't know. We had a radical makes... professor who wanted to take everything out of context and always find, oh, that's a little racist. That's stereotypical. It's like, oh no, this black actor agreed to play a Nigerian guy. He was going to put on an accent. We knew the risk, but this is a sci-fi apocalyptic movie. I don't think we're looking for complete reality here. Now, again, this is a different time, but like, right? It's interesting how the 2010s. We're kind of seeing now with 2020s now. No, I'm not seeing anywhere near as much snobbery about what camera are you using? Oh, you're an amateur. I'm not seeing as much of that gatekeeping either. Now I think everyone's just like leaving everyone to their own devices or just sinking away because they they realize they're insecure and they need to stop picking on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. The snobbery of even like equipment and being like, oh, you. I remember I used to hate going to the equipment room in college because oh. like. The people right? who worked there were like snobs and like, were like, they didn't make you want to rent equipment. Like you're there to learn. And then they would be like, oh, if you're late by one minute. You can't use it the rest of the semester. Okay. Right. Well, I don't use your damn equipment anyway. Cause truth be told, if it comes back damaged, I get blamed. Right. Or I remember like, just like there was a guy who worked there that was like a total snob. And he like, I was holding a C stand or something like the wrong way. And I remember he was like, uh, he just like was a dick. And I was like, it just made me not want to rent equipment anymore. They but always hire the suck ups, the ones who just want to say, yes, sir. And yes, sir. And then, oh, you, you can't do this. They also always wear the like, at least I'm maybe I'm just projecting too, but this guy, he wore one of those like paper boy hats. And I was like, they always kind of look like, they do like always our, have a hat. A yeah. tour, like direct. They want to be like directors, you know. So they're like, "This is my, this is my <laughs> way up. I'm a, I work in the equipment room, and I'm gonna, like, succeed." But and all um, they're doing is weddings and photography, and they got a bunch of tattoos. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Yeah, I think. Uh, I I hope we're far from that, especially now that people are putting their movies on Tubi and at yeah. local Angelica art house theaters. Everyone can be a winner instead of, and oh, everyone can shoot on, on their phone. There's that. I think Netflix is opening it up now where everyone was so angry at how unprofessional they were being. It's like, well, yeah, it is professional now. And I think the strikes will shake things up a lot too. It's going to be yes. a lot more focused on independent 
like we're getting away from the big studio kind of mindset of like mm-hmm. you need big budget and you need big name actors and you need big name directors uh, like it's kind know, of like content we, creators everywhere we still now. have the misconceptions there, there's still people who think it can't be sci-fi if there's no effects and they say do you so riddle me this do you think those are the same kind who mislabel a genre yeah like, you'll see people who go oh it's not horror it wasn't scary i'm like it's a gothic movie about a vampire movie it's some kind of dark fantasy horror movie or i didn't think it's action there's only one gunfight i'm like well there's still what is this adventure. criteria yeah it, it can I mean, be and it can be both it can be action mystery it can be crime horror it can be sci-fi drama I know. And then like sci-fi is so broad too. Like I think like Twilight Zone, you know, I'm like, that doesn't yeah. have effects really. Like maybe some practical makeup stuff, but like Twilight Zone's like fantasy sci-fi. I'm glad you know? to bring that up because I've encountered people on both aisles. I've encountered people say, I don't like sci-fi or I don't like horror, but I like the Twilight Zone. I'm like, it's both. It's kind of both. Yeah, it's definitely Sometimes both. it's a Western or more, more monkey's paw morality tale. So yeah, what's the, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, I could, everything. Oh yeah. that I mean, that reminds me too of like, I did have a script I turned in in college that was like, it was a comedy horror. It was, it was a dark comedy, but it started off more of like a lighter kind of comedy. <laughs> and I remember my, I had a note from my teacher who was like, you can't just like switch tones like that. Cause it got a little dark in the middle. Yes, you can. And then it, and then it kind of switched back. But yeah, I remember being like, but why not though? Cause I did it. We <laughs> like, did it I mean, all the time. Like, yeah. Uh, hello. Look at Jim Carrey movies. Look at Wishmaster. Hell, uh- there's plenty of movies that switch tones midway through or midway through franchises like evil dead and like oh, there you go evil yeah. dead went to army of darkness the and Terminator like it's... is a robotic slasher and then it becomes an action sci-fi stunt spectacular so yeah i mean gremlins uh, hello <laughs> yeah yeah people yeah it's like it's all it's whatever indiana you want jones? <laughs> indiana jones went sci-fi yeah, <laughs> fantasy temple doom's total terror movie yeah it's just, i don't know yeah. it's like they even the gatekeeping, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It's it's like it's just like what you said, going back to like a general snobbery of like there's this people who feel like they know film better than everyone else. And I think they are getting the the more that we learn about film and the more people who are allowed to like make even people on TikTok. I've seen some pretty cool shit on TikTok, and I'm like, yeah. this person is like a horror filmmaker, but like a mini on a mini scale. And He's and like even that kind of stuff is like you know music video judged. guys can ha- make a living but i see so many people act like oh they clearly have a lack of a narrative oh yeah it's a different kind of narrative it's different yeah it's so for being flashy but yeah there's guidelines and there's like books and you're like you know story structure you know save the cat or whatever but like i love that book yeah yeah but then there's also like people make movies that are like weird all the time or like don't follow yeah. narrative structure like i don't know give it all away of... in the first five minutes and yet there's still like five more plot twists yeah it's yeah um it did you see was... boa's afraid did you see that one uh not not yet i've seen the earlier two Aster movies uh but that that's a good example of a movie that's hard to classify um yeah yeah that one's weird and it like also is definitely like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's hard to classify. We got a lot of emo movies nowadays. We got a lot of m- movies where, like, literally the gimmick is like one thing. Like, yeah, we readapted a TV commercial, or we we have no one talking. It's just fully. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's that Every- noise? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anyone's done an ASMR like storytelling <laughs> yet. Probably. 
I bet somebody yeah. could. I mean, that's narrative, you know. You can like, be the first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to like. And then he went to the store and uh, picked up a jar of peanut butter. And it was the crunchy guy. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR first ASMR story here on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so, um, given the strikes and everything, and just doesn't seem to be any ray of sunshine around the corner um what do you recommend for just a lot of independent sets and everything um as far as like what what do i recommend as in like getting... yeah because web series don't seem to be as big a thing but they could easily come back just like that um there's always yeah. festivals open and what have you yeah um and I guess, are you asking, like, what's the recommendation to kind of, like, get something independent up going up or, like... Uh, that and stay busy for those still trying to be relevant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to just stay busy, like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, just get out there and, like, you know, get people you know that you like working with and, like, just go and make something, like, and, and don't dramas. worry about... Yeah, make whatever you want. And, like, you know, I think even if you're, like you know not quite sure how you want it to turn out yet you know a lot of the times like creativity inspires more creativity so like you'll go out and make like a dumb like <laughs> whatever short film that is really you know with just you starring your friend and they're like right it's like a, a you know a horror movie or whatever but like even if you're like you, uh, i'll put you in one of our audio dramas <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be fun um <laughs> yeah uh i don't know i was thinking it like during covid i felt like this this kind of question it's like you know how did we keep busy you know and there was people who were like putting up um there was one film festival like stay at home film festival basically and the oh, challenge nice. was it was like a 48 hour thing and you had to write it direct it edit it star in it basically do everything yourself for like covid safety right um and that was super fun because you just kind of like the the bar was kind of like pick a constructive Lower? angle <laughs> yeah i don't know you just kind of like didn't have to make it good you well you wanted to make it good but you basically like what is good nowadays because i'll see people even weigh that around that's, i want to want to keep working yeah. on this till it's good how about until you're satisfied or right you've screened it to free people and good to you yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i guess that's like that's my advice is like if you really if you have like a big project in mind that you want to make like I don't know. I'm not much of a crowdfund person. Like I don't do like Kickstarter and stuff like that. I've done it like once or twice, but I don't personally like doing it just because I always feel weird about it. And I know that yeah. that's like my own thing, but it's um, a lot on the line. I get it. It's yeah. But I know much. a lot of people who've done it and like, I've done it too. And it's like, you know, people are willing to give, like, if you're like, I want to make this movie, you know, you'd be surprised at how many people are out there just like, wanting to just like support you like even if it's two dollar donation three dollar donations like that's mm -hmm. like a way to like get started or or just write something that's like you can do no budget like that's what i've done a few times and it's just like yeah this was written to be shot in an alleyway like gorilla style like you know um i love gorilla style it's interesting how yeah. there's so many people who do the whole look you know location permits only or gorilla style and it's like you can do both you go can down do both. the alleyway which you know is abandoned at all times with no homeless or police instigating and you know three scenes done then go back to the 
place which you have permission from a friend or business owner to shoot there for the day instead of well i'm waiting on the city permit who often collects the 200 yeah. fee but never gives me a yes and yeah honestly it's like the worst <laughs> what's the worst that can happen i guess they tell you to stop like you're not going to get arrested yeah well, every uh, city is different but at worst they're just going to say did you delete it and you can always say yes yeah yeah i mean <laughs> kind of yeah the and stuff I mean, like, that's incriminating <laughs> especially if you're just like kind of what like i don't know like five people or less like the chances of you getting like busted for something like that it's like whatever you know it's it's just the whole uh you know don't ask for permission beg for forgiveness thing right i, I think that's the motto for a lot of filmmaking that's honestly yeah. i think uh and yeah just learning sh shit honestly like online that's another uh, i think advice is like if you're like, oh, I want to dabble in animation or something like, <laughs> I mean, I like learned all my editing stuff on YouTube and like, I think you can just, no need especially for college, with baby. film. <laughs> yeah, you really don't. I honestly, that was my one big regret was like, I, I benefit, I met people in college and I made good friends, and stuff, but I was also like, Five friends I could not live without, but other than that, fuck it. it was, it was but fun. other than that, it's like, man, <laughs> I just wasted a lot of money on, on something I did not need. Uh. Like. I no one's asked me to see my degree like re really all you're doing is you just get no. out there and you work on sets and then you like you just kind of network and that's really as what long it as is. you say yes to buying coffee you can pretty much get a gig but yeah it's it's interesting yeah yeah, yeah. so the college is uh, that's yeah that's also good advice if you're interested in film and you haven't gone to college for it don't worry about it <laughs> you don't need it you just need time management really time management learn the skills and then go meet people really have a passion don't be a dick to someone who doesn't like your idea rework it it's like okay i am too full of myself maybe i should just cut out those free subplots because it's too much for a damn movie or short yeah. instead also, of just... you're wrong yeah um yeah don't be a dick is probably a good rule um <laughs> there's a lot of people who are assholes on set um and uh. that's actually one of the reasons i don't mm -hmm. i mean honestly like i used to work on sets a lot and I hated how much condescension there was to like PAs. Yes. Like I was a PA for a while. And like, mm -hmm. there's just so many people who get like, who just get their rocks off, like being mean to PAs. They're not mean, but like, they just want to like be bigger. Like they want to be, right. they want to be demeaning because they're like, I'm more important than you. Give I get paid more different than you. Things to do. If I'm PA, can you also make me unit production assistant and I don't know, set designer? Instead of just one inky dinky thing that's not going to be in the main credits, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, assistant like, be also a stand-in. I don't know. <laughs> right. I guess it depends on the production, right? But like, if it's I like a smaller responsibility, thing, like the stunt people and actors will probably do at least five different background roles. So you might as well just have yeah. the cinematographer also be one of the editors, or uh, yeah, the color I mean... corrector can be the grip. <laughs> If it's like a, if you're just kind of like, yeah, doing it like smaller scale, I feel like, why not? Like, there's so many people who are like multi-talented. It's like, let them show off their talents, you know? Yeah. Instead of, Being well, so, we like, got to hire an army. Yeah. And we like. have a payment for 12. We have a payment for 10. <laughs> yeah. And that's honestly the really big, nice thing about like trying to just go shoot your own stuff. Like, cause you just like, I don't know, even that person I met on the first set that I worked on out here, like we went to go shoot one of her short films, which was like an Edgar Allan Poe kind of comedy thing. Um, and yeah, it was just like that. It was like, 
one of us was holding the camera sometimes one of us was holding a light and then one of us was doing stunts and then another person was like an extra and like we were just kind of running around but it was honestly it's way more fun that way because it's like people you already like working with you're getting creative together you're collaborating it's like and like even like when we're talking comedy like the best like comedy groups are people who are like friends you know and like and i feel like the same goes for like movie people like Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean the only example i'm thinking of right now is like adam sandler just because i watched that new adam sandler movie yesterday but like adam sandler has a crew you know like that they just film movies together for people have been with them since 30 years ago but that's a good point yeah yeah instead of telling people you should never work in this position or waiting for them to figure out what they're better at. It just kind of just slowly evolved. It's like, okay, they want to be the gaffer, but they're not good at knowing the different temperatures and everything. So maybe they should be, I don't know. Uh, uh, the, the set locator, you know, the, uh, the, I can't speak today. The, like location, location scout. scout yeah yeah instead of just acting like they're not good at that one thing therefore they should not be in film at all i was like well maybe this guy can be an actor maybe they should just be a voice actor you know it's just, there's a difference right and there's also just like discovery you like you learn as you work on set like what you're good at and like you might think you are a cinematographer when you go to college and then you come out and you're like actually i think i'm like a set designer you know or whatever yeah. like i don't know I mean, I see people that even like, I don't know, COVID changed a lot of that too. There's a lot of people who were like comedians who like figured out halfway through the pandemic that they were like, actually, you know what? Like other things are more important to me than comedy. And like, that's totally <laughs> fine. That's another piece of advice is like, it's a totally fine to to change your mind about something, you know, and like, oh my. and and change careers and and try other creative things. Like, you know, right? paint, go painting or like go. Uh, they can do makeup, but they can't do creature effect makeup. So stick with basic makeup. Yeah, do ba- yeah, go work. Yeah, I have a cousin who works at Sephora, and she's really great at it. She does really Woo. great makeup. You know, like yeah, <laughs> she's and there's people you need that. Like you need that kind of person on set who can do like whatever. There's also a job for like everything. That's another thing yeah. that's crazy. And like. Even like, I don't know, I lived next to, I had a neighbor who I, um, at my old apartment complex and she like did, um, uh, like food. She basically like did the food. Um, I don't know what the word, what the title is, but she basically made food look good on like commercials or like, oh, there you go. Or, uh, like a food designer basically Prop like designer. Yeah. Yeah. But she, but it was like specifically food. Like she would be the one to take like a Burger King bun and like make it look all like shiny and add all the like sesame <laughs> seeds and like, like that's a job. And I'm like, that's kind of fun. You gotta be able to laugh at yourself because half the time you won't even know how to describe half of what you're doing. Yeah. It's like, and then she was telling me some crazy stuff, which is like, you know, like, oh, how do they make the bun? Like, you know, all the tricks that they do to like make fake food <laughs> look good. Um, but like that's interesting to me. I'm like, there's always some like crazy job you don't even know like yeah. exists in production. <laughs> um, it's wild. And it doesn't have to be derogatory. It doesn't have to be just off color. It can be just like, hey, <laughs> this is yeah. Uh, what do you got coming up next on on the podcast? You got to watch this. <laughs> um. Well, right now, I think next we have a guest um, and we are waiting for their movie list. So I'm not sure what movie we're doing next, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you need we'll... to see this. Not you gotta watch this. <laughs> see, yeah, same thing. Uh, pretty much. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what it is yet, but hopefully something good. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's like a movie I'm I say yes to, and I actually haven't seen it in a long time, and I'm like, I hope it's good as I remember, because <laughs> it's hard to hard to recommend movies like or actually it's easy to say yes to a movie and then be like what the hard part about our podcast is like coming up with the five reasons and like yes doing it without spoilers like that's really hard because it's like i don't know you just don't want to you want to say all the good stuff but that a lot of the times is the spoilers <laughs> so yeah um that's difficult <laughs> yeah Oh, very nice, very nice. And uh, any upcoming events at the the said theater that you'd like to promote to? Um, yeah, let's see. Um, my the... next uh, sketch show, I'm on a new sketch team at the Pack um, Dreamboat, uh, and we have a show on October 1st at 9 p.m. Um, in Los Angeles. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, we have a follow us on all the social medias at dreamboat comedy oh and then at you need to see this too for the at, you need to see this pod i think is our instagram and then if you just type in you need to see this like on formerly twitter now x i guess we're on yeah. there too uh i'm not on there as much uh anymore i can't blame you yeah <laughs> things have changed so much <laughs> yeah but we're on facebook and on instagram and yeah Sweet. yeah uh, if you anyone needs just a cool voiceover artist or just some comedy tips hit her up miss jones yeah <laughs> yeah definitely uh d dm <laughs> no don't i want to say slide in my dms but that sounds weird so don't just yeah message me or email me <laughs> got it going on <laughs> yeah We'll return after these messages. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a